Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank It was a dark and stormy night in Los Angeles It began as these things do Two young gentlemen, one going by the name Jamie Luxton, the other by the name Al D.C. Gillespie. A man had just been murdered outside. His body lay on the floor, cold, like a slice of salami, or my sandwich filled with salami. How come you got a middle initial and I didn't? I don't have a stage name, so I gotta, I gotta <laughs> you know, I, I get it in my You're stage You're gonna jazz name. it up a yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, you, you are an actor who has, you know, one of those uh, website thingies, what they call them, Spotlight. spotlights, there we go, and you chose your name on that, so I'm going with your name on that. There's no middle name there, is there, Jamie? No, there isn't. That's your own fair. fault. Does my acting persona retain the same middle name? Who knows? My surname is my yeah. middle name, but I have another middle name. Oh, it's all confusing. So would you be Jamie Jones Loxton? No, I would be Jamie Peter. No, Jamie Peter Peter. Loxton. Because my other middle name is Peter. But do you want Peter? Because Jamie Loxton sounds... No, Jamie Peter Loxton sounds dumb. J.P. Loxton. Ooh. That makes you sound like a bank. Ooh. Or an author from the 40s. Ooh. The latest crime novel from J.P. Loxton's gonna have your titsies and a toesies. What? Your titsies <laughs> in a toesies. That's, that's a thinker, Jamie. I'm going to think about what you do to your tits. Well, while you're thinking about that, hello and welcome to Hanks Hank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. Uh, I'm Jamie Logson. With me, as always, is Alexander D.C. Gillespie. Hey, sir, there. Hello, Alexander D.C. Gillespie. Hello, dear listeners. Murder and crime are afoot tonight. Across Los Angeles City. So if you hadn't figured out, what we're reviewing this week is to do with detectives in the 40s or some sort of decade. Um, which is why Alexander is doing what uh, he was doing up top. But that, Alexander, that would be diving in far too quickly. As you know, on this show, we spend at least 20 to 30 minutes before we even think about discussing what the actual project this week. So have you been this week, Al? Uh, you know, you know, I've been okay. I've been Okay. Um, you know sometimes when life's going fine, but you decided to, uh, recede into a persona? Um, for example, A.D.C. Gillespie, okay. man about sandwich. That's right. I want to solve murders and sandwiches. Um, how do you solve a sandwich? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's how I am, you know. Uh, Brexit, 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 Brexit. So maybe I want to be a 1940s detective, okay? Maybe I want to be a dick. Okay, Jamie, maybe I want to be a dick. Maybe I want to be a old hard dick like back in the 40s. I don't know how you solve a sandwich, Al, but I know it'd be on Mr. Rye Bread. <laughs> oh, that's actually quite good. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I was. I would like to say I did think of that very quickly. You did, but yeah. I. But I didn't. Want, I, it makes it seem like I'd been waiting and like had a long time you to think. So I actually here. thought of it very quickly, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Right, so you now it sense. seems like I'm not as quick as I am. I'm very angry. Oh, you're really quick. <laughs> yeah, but I have. No, I will be honest. I, after you said solve a sandwich, I was not listening to the rest of what you said <laughs> because I was primed and ready for Mister Ibrand. <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, no, I've done nothing this week, Al. Yeah, yeah. Literally nothing. Yeah. I've, I've played Persona 5 yeah. for a little bit, my present from last week. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, to replace my birthday present, which sure. I assume still hasn't arrived. Oh, for God's sake, it's still not arrived. But this ne- apparently should be the next seven days, I think. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, my fast. God. The saga. Fingers crossed. The saga goes on. This is, this, this is just rewarding our dedicated yeah, listeners. Yeah, you know. Um, before we get into, of course, what we do, uh, I do have a fought uh early in this week and it comes from a friend of mine david portmore mm-hmm. uh who only just started listening so he won't hear this for oh years well, uh, yeah. even if he gives carries on listening but so he did listen to the first episode and it's important to know just just for all our listeners uh that does mean he will probably at the current rate get there before Alyssa does yes uh, yeah absolutely yes oh Alyssa will never catch up no Alyssa will perpetually just be further and further, further from away. present time. <laughs> um, but yes, no, uh, 
<laughs> he did uh, listen to the first episode this yeah. week. He, he said he enjoyed it. Very kind of sure. him. Thank you very much. He did say, Alexander, yeah. uh, to me, and I, and I quote, your co-host sounds like Boris Johnson. <laughs> now listen up. What's his name? What's this man's name? David Portmore. All right, David Portmore. Sounds rather suspicious, huh? Huh? What you think you're doing messing with a dick like me? That's right. I solve crimes and I think you're a criminal. Does a voice like this sound like the kind of man who would... Launch three votes which he loses but then launch a chicken campaign against the leader of the opposition? No! This sounds like the kind of guy who wants to know where the salami is. That's right. Uh, yes, right, yes. Of course, I also have a friend's thoughts. Friend's thoughts. Friend's thoughts, yes. You said friend's thoughts the first time. I said friend's thoughts. You said friend's thoughts the first time. You can do it, yes. Friend's thoughts! There we go, quite. There we go. It's from from a dear friend, uh, of course. Uh, The the sleepy recliner. That's right, my good friend, uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Of course. uh, He wrote in and said the podcast is great. Uh, he likes... That's uh, not a good thing! He likes the Volunteers episode. He thinks it sounds... <laughs> quite odd. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know... <laughs> Reading recommendation. Uh, yours oh sincerely, the right honourable Jacob Rees-Mock. Right, yeah. So. That is the funniest joke that's been made on this podcast, and it's so upsetting to me that we don't have enough listeners who will remember what the fuck the Volunteers episode is <laughs> to truly appreciate how good that joke is. Oh, goodness. Well, what do we do here, Al? Of course, we are the show that chronology reviews Tom Hanks and I IMDb. But that's not all. We, that's, that, you know, that's, that's the simple concept. Sure. The complicated concept. <laughs> I'm going to try and rattle through it this time. Uh, so aliens have invaded and they want Ooh. us to prove our worth to join the United States of Space. Flo, the planet Flomatron 8 has left. Trevor Tramon, tr- who's there, the... I don't think we actually ever decided what, what his position in Flomatron 8 is. Is he a... Is he a Prime Minister? Is he a president? Uh, is he a czar? No, is he uh, a Jamie? We, we very we very know much know specifically what he is, and he holds the title of uh, small boy bitch boy. <laughs> yeah. So Trevor Chapman is the small boy bitch boy of Flamatron Eight, um, and so he flexed his guns and said, "We out, bitches!" to start a process called Flex It, where they left the United States of space. It's going on. It's taking a little bit of time, so we've got a little bit of time too. So like, you've got a little bit of time to prove your to prove your worth, so you can join the United States of space to replace Flamatron Eight. Of course, I did. For Forget Alexander. Yeah. Uh, we did meet them by jumping on a trampoline and meeting them in the middle while they came down on a tractor beam. Uh, they spoke a, a um, language called Swahili. Yeah. I did not speak Swahili, so they threw me a pin. I injected it into my brain. I was able to speak Swahili. You, of course, have been speaking Swahili since birth. Yes. And so we explained to them in their native tongue of Swahili that we will prove our worth to them by showing them. Tom Hanks. We believe Tom Hanks is our greatest human. However, we can't show them all of the works of Tom Hanks because, as we're learning as this goes on, most of them are shit. So, in a process that's going to take about two years, probably less time than Flex it's going to take, uh, we are whistling down Tom Hanks's works. We are watching them from beginning to end, and at the end, we are going to decide whether they go in the Hanks Bank, yep. the collection of TV shows or movies that we're going to show to the aliens to replace Flomatron 8 in the United States of space after they complete the process of Flexit. Yeah. Whew. I thought most podcasts become less complicated as they go on. No, maybe we are, we are diminishing more, returns. More oh, complicated yeah. and diminishing returns. But of course, we are plowing on through. Last week we did Sleepless in Seattle. Classic. I don't, I don't even know what episode number we're up to. I think This it, is 27. This is 27 now. You sure? Yeah, last episode was 26. Cool. So we're on to episode 27, which is actually the 26th entry onto um, Tom Hanks' IMDb. Of course, two weeks ago we had our recap episode, which is Fallen Angels, an anthology TV series. And as always, we will give you a little bit of historical context about the time in which this project was released. You know, give you a little bit of a, a, a background, you know, set the scene to where this art is being created. And then we'll give you some context to the show itself. I am tasked with giving our historical context for last week, this week and next week. We are prepping, of course... Alexander's 1993 exam. Yay! We're going to give him... We, we did January through Ooh. April last time. Yeah! What's the next four months, Al? 
Come on, quick, 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 quick. April, May, June, July, August. April, May, June, July, August. No, not April. May, June, July, August. So we're covering May through to August 1993. Next week, we'll cap off 1993. And the week after, we will quiz both you and our audience to see what information they have retained. So, May to August 1993. Let's get started. Eritrea gains independence uh, from... I did not write... I, I think he, I want to say Ethiopia. I did not write it down. Um, double check that. But uh, then four days later, after they gain independence, both Eritrea and Monaco gain entry to the United Nations. Hmm. Now, you have to say, with that quick t- turnaround for Eritrea, you've got to wonder what Monaco was doing. Were they just kind of hopping on the bandwagon? Like, hey, we want to we be the UN too. Or has it been like a really long process and like Monaco was waiting for ages and the UN was like, oh, we can't just put... Mo-. You're like... You're basically just a tax haven state with an F1 course. We can't just accept you into the UN. We're going to have to wait for someone else. And then Eritrea come around. And Monaco was like, look, now you have to do it. And the UN was like, oh, fine. I think it might be because I'm not sure Monaco for a very long time counted as a full state. So it's a principality. Um, and it's like a micro state and like a city state. But the question of whether it's like a nation state, which it would be to need to be in the UN... I guess it might have been a question. It may also just been a French protectorate for a long time. Like, I'm not really sure about the official relationship between uh, between Monaco and France, and it may have been the case that because of tight controls, they either didn't seek it or maybe uh, they didn't officially declare. All possible. I may also have just been making a joke. Oh. Jurassic uh-huh. Park is... Ha ha! Ha ha, Jamie! <laughs> the world is collapsing in on itself. Nothing is funny anymore. Uh, Jurassic Park is released in 1993. It sets the box office weekend record at 502 million. It also has a famous theme tune, which Alexander is recreating for me now. Uh, in lovely, fun news... The first ever accusation of child sexual abuse against Michael Jackson is uh, laid out in uh, early, not early, mid-1993. Uh, in sports news, Manchester United wins the first ever Premier League. What? Now, do you understand what that means, Alexander? But the Premier League's been around for ages. No, it has not. Yeah, it oh, has, Jamie. Su- oh, it's been you around sweet, for like 400 years. Oh, you sweet... It's the oldest sweet, championship in the whole world, sweet Jamie. summer child. We invented football back in 1403, and it's been around since then. Oh, you sweet summer child, Alexander. Let me yeah. give you an, uh, a, a quick crash course in, uh, in English football. It was, in fact, called the First Division up until 1992. And then division? it changed name yeah. to the Premier League... Yes. Uh, in 1993. Since then... That way we don't have a, a first division. First league. There's the, there's, there's, there's... Let me guess. Can I go? Go... Okay. So you get the Premier League. Yeah. And then below that, the World Cup. No. Nope. Below that, the Europe, Europa. And below that, FIFA. Then the FA. And then you have um, Champions League. And then you have second tier division, third division, fourth division, friendlies. Okay. In, uh, in an attempt to bore everyone listening, I will give you a quick rundown of how it actually worked. So it was the first division, second division, third division up until 1992. The first division changed the, the Premier League in 1993. Uh, around the early 2000s, the second division changed to the championship. Yep. And the third division became League One and the fourth division became League Two. So now it's called the Premiership, the Championship, League One, League Two. I recognise it makes very little League sense. One, that League One, well, the World Cup is played between countries sure. and not clubs. Okay. I do recognise that it is confusing. Europa? The Europa League is the second division yes. of the European-wide yes. competition. The and Champions League is the first division yes. of that European-wide competition. But that's the second division of ours? No. Yeah, because you said it goes Premiership... Champions League, number one, number two. No, you're, two. Just, you're just being... Number one, number you're two. You're just being a dum-dum number now, one, deliberately. Number, no, it's the Champions League. No, it's the Championship yeah, is the, the second. Champ- and the Champions League is the first division so in Europe. it's the Championship League. No. But oh. not the Champions League. You're playing players playing our second tier league because our players are the best, right? That's, that's how that works. That's why we're having Brexit. Right, Jamie, right, Jamie, right! Speaking of the Champions League, the first ever Champions League is also uh, created. It was created in 1992. Wait, what? It was previously called uh, the European Championships. It was rebranded to the Champions League. And Marseille beats Milan in Munich 1-0 to become the first ever Champions League winner. You're fucking with my head, man. Angels in America. Millennium approaches, opens on Broadway and goes on to win the best player at at the the Tonys. Yes. Does it win part one? Is that part one or part two? I believe Millennium approaches is part one. Perestriker is part two. 
cool. My head's getting. You should fucked. know this, I Alexander. I've read it. Yes, I know. Okay, but you, I know. I know. I know. You, you are a child of theatre. You should know this. That's true. I, anyway, the uh, I did come out of my mother's womb, of course, on the stage, uh, onto the applause. Well, that's. Weirdly relevant for a point I'm going to bring up later. Um, the 66th National, National, uh, National Spelling Bee uh, Je- uh, happens. Jeff Hooper wins spelling kamikaze. Now, Alexander, yeah. you are dyslexic. Yeah. Can you spell kamikaze? K. Yep. A. Yep. Is it hard? Is it an M or a W? M. Mm-hmm. I. Yep. Kamikaze. K. Yep. W. Z-A? W-Z-A? Z-W-A. No. Jamie, let me tell you something, all right? When you translate languages, there is no, like, there's no (laughs) Roman letter translation of a, like, of a, it's just made up. It's made up. It's a sound. Yeah, I know. It's a sound. Yeah, but you... It's made up, Jamie. This is racist. It's (laughs) languages. You're ableist, okay? How do you spell the word, Jamie? It's not even an English word. K-A-M-I-K-A-Z-E. You could have figured that out by the sound. No, Kamikaze. Kazi. Kamikaze. Why would that ever be a W? Kamikaze. Kamikaze. Yeah, if you were in New York in the 1930s, and you were going to say Kamikaze. It was the 60s. No, it was the 1960s. (laughs) You're a fuck. Um... Uh, RuPaul released their debut album, Supermodel of the World. I did not know that RuPaul uh, was a musician. Supermodel, do your thing on the... That one. I don't know. Wow. I didn't listen to it. Someone's done their homework. Yeah, in researching 1993, I didn't listen to all of RuPaul's debut album, weirdly. Um, One second is added to the clock on uh, July 1st. 1993, as it is a leap second, I also found out... Stop there's a fucking f- with my mind, there's Jamie. There's a fuckload of leap seconds. I thought it was going to be, oh, like, this was the first... There was, like, between when they started creating them in, like, the, the 80s, there's, like, one or two a year, every, like, really regularly for the first, like, 15 years. So, yeah, leap seconds are a thing, and they're way more regular than you expect. Also, 1993, finally, uh, is the birth year of an internationally renowned entertainer. Uh, It says here uh, in my notes that he is an actor, a writer, a director, a comedian, Mm -hmm. a photographer, and a pretty good fuck. Oh, no. It says here that he speaks not two, but three languages and once got an A at A-level maths. Not all, not only all of that, Alexander, but would you believe that this man once also was the recipient of the Best Audience Member Award from his university's drama society? Uh, It is also said... That if you were alive to experience this person's birth, and if you listened very closely, you could hear his laugh for three miles as he came out the womb. See? There, told you it would come back. (laughs) You both came out of the womb. (laughs) Yes, of course, Alexander, the co-host of the smash hit podcast, Hank Spank, James Peter Loxton Jones, was born on the 29th of June, 1993, in King's College Hospital, London. Uh, You must have been a very smart baby. Um, So that is May through August 1993. I hope you retained all that information. Can I please say, I hope next week the test is just on your life. You decide to go really hard in and be like, I was born, so it's just going to be fun facts about my life. Um, Alexander! Did I call it this soon? I hate you! (laughs) I had such a funny bit prepared. The second I got this, I thought it would be really fucking funny to do, like, two questions. And then the rest of them are all about me. And now you're just going to seem like a narcissist. I'm still going to do it. But you've ruined my joke. And honestly... I might edit this out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, So for listeners coming back in, uh, uh, Jamie mentioned some more history. Uh, (laughs) It was good. Uh, Yeah, nothing to see here at all. I hate you so much. No clear edits were made. Genuinely despise you. I'm fucking psychic. Do you not? Literally last week, you heard me say, I was already excited. I said, I've got a really fun plan for the quiz. I vaguely remember. Um, I I didn't know we were so simpatico. I hate Uh, you. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, let's talk about Fallen Angels. Yes. So as Jamie mentioned, this week we are watching Fallen Angels. 
Uh, it's a TV show with two seasons, one of the, ni- the year 1993, one of the year 1995. The episode we watched today is I'll Be Waiting. Um, it's the second episode of the first season. Yes. Uh, we'll give a quick synopsis just so you know vaguely what it's about. <laughs> Can you? Yeah. I, <laughs> sure, why not? And then we'll chat a little bit about the uh, show context, just about the show, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's production history. And then we'll go into talking about the actual episode itself. Uh, the quick synopsis is Eve Cressy hides in a fancy hotel awaiting the return of a vengeful gangster ex-lover from prison. She meets Tony Rezik, the hotel dick, whose attempts to protect her end in violence. Did you write that yourself? No, that's on IMDb. <laughs> is that actually? Yeah. Does it say the hotel dick? Oh, so you, were you not confused why I kept calling myself a dick earlier? Jamie, <laughs> let's talk about detectives. That's right. In the kind of 1930s, 40s, 50s, uh, private investigators, or PIs, used to be known as dicks. I didn't know um, that. I think it's because detective. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah, there would be something there. But um, yeah, detective. Well, maybe they were all called Richard. Maybe. We maybe, don't maybe know. the first detective it's lost was called time. Rich. It is, it is. So, um, uh, to, for some context for this, uh, the, uh, this is based on a short story by Raymond Chandler, who was kind of one of the premier detective story writers. Um, uh, it, it's a good story. It's fu- Fun fact it? about Raymond Chandler. Yeah. Um, the only thing I knew about him uh, is that my grandfather in law uh, once thought himself an author, you know, thought he. And, and he ghost not ghost wrote but wrote books that he thought were Raymond Chandler books he was a strange man yeah and he he wrote books and he was like these are new Raymond Chandler books I may be relaying this I was told this story when I was yeah yeah no he's a published author um he published them under his own name but he was like Raymond Chandler has his Raymond Chandler books and I have my Raymond Chandler books again I was told this story I believe when I was about seven. Uh-huh. So I'm really maybe muddling a lot of the details. Sure, but sure. that is my understanding. Gonna... I never met this man. Yeah. This is the only thing I know about it. <laughs> I'll be remembering this. Um, so, yeah, look, you can have, uh, the important thing to know, all you need to know for the context of this is, at the time, hotels had uh, people who were called hotel dicks because they were like hotel investigators. So when we sound like that, it sounds more like these are people who are going to solve crimes for hotel guests, which would be great. Uh, it's more like they're a security guard. Yeah, very much. Um, they were hired uh, basically from the police force, like people from local police precincts, because they would know like prostitutes, for instance. And if uh, you saw some guy walking with a prostitute looking to get a room at the time, the 1940s, I believe it's legal to share a hotel room with somebody who wasn't your wife. And so they might go let them have sex, um, but at the times, you know, the prostitutes might run off with their clothes and steal their money. And if the uh, John was trying to sue the hotel, they'd be like, "We know you're with a prostitute. Do you rather we say that you were with a prostitute, or do you want to sue us?" And they would stop suing you. Uh, they'd also do stuff like occasion try and stop crimes, but if people were going around the hotels, you know, some of the employees were stealing stuff like that, they would catch the people who were stealing those things. So that's a hotel dick. And I'm going to mention the word dick a lot more this time because you know what, Jamie? We need to find where the goddamn salami is in this story. That's right. So the episode uh, was directed by Tom Hanks. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, that's what this podcast is about. So, yeah, this is our second... episode where we've had to review something that Tom Hanks is in because he directed it but then put himself in it for some reason. I think he only directs... One episode. No, maybe like four other things. Oh, I believe he has eight credits directing on his IMDb, but one of those is a repeat because it's the anthology of the Vault of Horror um, yeah, 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 uh, Tales from the Crypt that we already reviewed. So I think he only directs like five more things after this, but clearly at this time in his career, he thought, you know, I'm going to try my hand at directing, but no one really wanted to give him like these days. As we see very often, yeah. like an actor will just be given a f- like fully fledged triple A yeah. movie. Yeah. At this time, that wasn't happening. So he's having to no. do like weird little guest spots on like TV anthology series. It was on Showtime. So it was like a decent premiere, like cable network, but not like anything fantastic. It's not super high budget, which is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, I think he directs uh, an episode of Band of Brothers he later does. on. Um, and there's a few other things. But yeah, at this, it's much later in his career that he sort of does some more directing. Well, this this is his last one for a while, I believe. You can double check By the look of it, he also directs a film called uh, That Thing You Do, which is surprising. It gets nominated for an Oscar. Oh, what year, what year um, did that come out? That was in 1996. 1996, okay, so um, yeah. 
And then he also later directs Larry Crown in 2011, which is the film with Julia Roberts. Yep. I kept wanting to call it the Larry Crown Affair. I'm thinking of the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it, yeah. it seems these two little dives in and then one other film in sure. the 90s. After that, he kind of gives up his dreams of like... Directing. Directing. He does sure. it a few more times, but yeah. it's it's clear. It's, it's clear he's trying to it's feel his way, see what he feels if like. If you've it. ever seen any interview with anyone on GQ or Vogue or whatever... Inevitably, if you read enough of these things, you'll see the person get asked the question, do you want to direct? If they're on a long-running show or whatever. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm interested in directing. And I think pretty much everyone, uh, like, I think a, a lot of actors, most actors, yeah, I think and, and, would be interested in directing something. As a actor who also directed two things at yeah. university, because I was like, hey, I just interested in doing it. Like, yeah, it's a thing that lots of actors want to do. Yeah, and of course. And, 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 uh, and most are bad at. Yes. Uh, the, the urge to... Um, have control, have control is, yeah, yes, is, is something that many actors have, want yes. uh, if <laughs> because ever, they are egotistical yes. wankers if you ever feel like you are stifled by your boss and that you would do a better job that's the same impulse exactly have. so uh, what else can you tell me about this TV show honestly uh, not very not much not a lot <laughs> no it's it's an anthology show so each episode is directed by different people and they're kind of not really connected the general idea was it's 1940s 50s post-war uh, Los Angeles, kind of before uh, JFK becomes president. Um, this is set in LA. Yeah, you would know. Mars have this too. Yeah, you would know this from you. the from the accents. No. The accents throughout this are like a mix of like Chicago and New York. Yeah, they talk on this. I, I, my guess is why is this is very much a pastiche of noir films, yeah. right? So my guess is it's probably a accent which you'd find in a lot of noir films. Um, LA is a common noir setting. Uh, later films like Sh- uh, Chinatown, the Polanski film, obviously set, is kind of noirish and set in LA. Um, it's outside of that, uh, you know, there are a number of actually kind of big actors directing episodes, which is interesting. It's, it's sort of, it seemed like it maybe a something like Tom Cruise directed an episode. What? Oh, Kiefer damn. Sutherland directed oh, an episode. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiefer uh, Sutherland? What was Kiefer Sutherland doing in the 90s? Uh, being father to Donald Sutherland? No, Donald Sutherland's his dad. Kiefer Sutherland, uh, being Donald Sutherland's child, I guess. <laughs> uh, 24 hasn't happened yet. So no, it hasn't. It sure don't, that doesn't happen until... He hasn't voiced um, Venom Snake yet. So, no, you know, no, all, no all, all, hasn't. Big Snake, Daddy Snake, Teen Snake. Um, um, apparently he was in a few films in the 80s. Sure. I didn't know that about Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, anyway. Outside of that, uh, we obviously have a uh, little bit of a uh, Hanksiverse... Uh, yes, we here. do. Oh, uh, no. Our old friend oh, no. Peter Scolari. Yeah. That's right. I'll be punished for that. Don't worry, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, yeah, Peter Scolari, the uh, co-star in uh, Bosom Buddies, yeah. comes out for this. Which I, I, the second I saw his name come up, I was just like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, he's just like brought his old buddy back. Well, it, yeah, it's nice. That and you're arguably, Peter Scolari is the only decent actor in this. I would say. Uh, honestly, I I wouldn't be able to tell you. Do you uh, not know which one he was? No. He was the uh, clock, the, the hotel clock. clock. He does look uh, very different, to be it's, fair. Uh, the only thing I think I sh- we should mention then before we go on to it, because like I said, it's not it's not a very interesting thing review-wise. It was kind of a mixed mixed reviews in the sense of someone, rather than like middling, it's someone negative, this is kind of crap, and some were, um, oh, this is enjoyable fluff. It was nominated for a bunch of Emmys, I think. It was nominated ah. for three Emmys. Um, wow. Won some other awards. And I get why. I mean, what I find interesting is, I think uh, if you're a, 20-something like myself and Jamie, the current trends in anthology shows uh, were things like uh, the American Horror Series or Fargo. Or which, American Crime American Story. Crime Story. Yeah, the, the American stories. Yeah, the American stories. The American stories in Fargo. And there's quite a few things which are anthology Based but but anthology in a different way to this. This is anthology in that per each episode, episode is different rather than per season. Yeah, this is episodic anthology, uh, and similar to other Tom Hanks things we've seen, things like Love the American Style is. Um, no, we didn't see that, but that was. Uh, Do you mean Love Boat? No, what? No, Love American Style. Um, oh. oh God, what is it? Oh, I remember oh, it's, this because it's, you... it's uh, the Fonz. Uh, Happy, oh, Days Happy Days spin off of Love American Style. That was an anthology show. Okay, yes, it wasn't a spin off. Kind of came from it vaguely. Um, it's interesting to see that the anthology, how it's placed in history in yeah. American TV, and, and it's how very it much transitions. So yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the episode, Jamie. Uh, before we do, I will say sure. there's one thing, and we'll come back to it, but uh, did you read the story? Yes. So I did as well. So you will that know, and we'll come back sense. to yeah, it. Yeah. The, uh, well, A, helps it make more sense, and B, they changed the ending for this. Yes. Which we will come back to, but that's sure. that's the other interesting thing about this show. The reason and reason I found that out is because we both watched this on YouTube, I assume, is how you found it? Yes. Yeah, that's where I found it. In the comments, there was, like, two comments. Yeah. Bless them. And both of them were like... 
It was okay, but they changed the ending, and it's not as good. <laughs> like, oh, really bless you. Hardcore 2011 Raymond Chandler fans. fans. <laughs> like, uh, I don't like it. How yeah. come the fact they broke the Elder One is um, So we open, it's black and white. There's a sexy lady. She's talking about hotels. She's like, oh, hotels, they're lonely. Oh, there's nothing. They're no the only thing. But a morgue, yeah. I think it's something like morgue that. Morgue is the only lonely place. place. Let me tell hotel. you, my friend, no one is lonely in a morgue. You have loads of friends around <laughs> you. I mean, and I know at least one place lonelier than that, though, both of those. My heart. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's. It's, it's like an introduction. I can't tell if this is something. You know, if, if you know, if you want to turn off that no, I, that I, pinging noise, sound, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to stop I, that can pinging, I, can I you that? unprofessional I, cuck. I oh, can we stop using that word? No, we, I'm reclaiming cut. No, you can't. <laughs> well, um, it's, sorry, to reclaiming it from its original Chaucerian usage. Yes, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. No, we're not. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she's uh, she's like, oh, it's all lonely in a hotel. Blah blah blah. I can't tell if this is something that Tom Hanks has decided to put in, or if this is like an introduction thing they kind of do for every single one. Either way, it's a bit weird. Um, yeah. So we transition from yeah. this black and white to color again, sure. and we see like. Establishing shots of hotels, hotels you know. Yeah. There's a busboy. Title he's, credits. You know, you it know, says like I'll be phones, waiting. You know, yeah. and I'm clean. He's cleaning the desks Trying and whatever. And then and uh, we see we see our our protagonist, sure. Lee Mosby. What's his name? Re- Teddy Tony Tony Reddick. Tony Reddick. To, yeah, Tony Reddick. You got Fuck yeah, the he got there eventually. Um, Tony Reddick. Uh, he's sitting around in the lobby, uh, and then and a woman walks past. Yeah. She's looking all sexy. And he's like, what the fuck? What time is it? Checks his little pocket watch. It's 1 a.m. What's a sexy woman doing around here? And then she starts playing the music. He's like, oh, you're going to start disturbing people. So he goes in. He's like, hey, what's up, baby girl? Mm-hmm. And then they have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, Al. I've watched this five times. Five times? Not beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. But I watched it. I've watched it four times. I started watching it twice and fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. Around one time, about four minutes in, around this point. Another time, about ten minutes in. The third time I watched it, there were two issues. Sure. The audio quality is terrible. Yeah, the audio quality is terrible. It's the first one. The audio quality is terrible, and also, no one is enunciating their words. No, which makes it worse. It's not just that this is a YouTuber, probably a VHS bootleg. Um, it is that seemingly in the show everyone is talking like this. No, Do you know, no, Jamie, no, as a no, British no. person for American fans, I'm really sorry, let's give a bit of context. Uh, every now and then, a BBC show will have people on it who do, do more of a naturalistic dialogue style. It'll be more, a bit more like this. Not everyone's enunciating all their words perfectly. Exactly. And they'll get a lot of complaints. And it's, it, it happens often, it's things with uh, non-white characters and people yeah. complaining because they suck. Or, boom, the trailer for The Dark Knight Rises and everyone complains about it. And I'm always like, this is stupid. You can understand them perfectly. In this show, I genuinely oh, could I understand maybe 20% because I they're struggled. all talking like this. You know, it really sucked. Uh, so that that was partially yeah. the reason why I had to rewatch it a fourth time. Um, the other reason was uh, you you sort of uh, m- vaguely mentioned Amelia Miles, who I, uh, my sure, flatmate, sure. Uh, and Hannah, who I watched with, and they just talked over the whole fucking thing. But so I had to watch it a fourth time. But yeah, it took four viewings for me to vaguely understand this conversation. Sure. Hundred percent. I did not understand the dialogue until I read the story, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh, I get." Because they get like the other, Mozart. I'm like, "That makes no sense." Why that's the Mozart? other thing about the dialogue is the dialogue is a lot of it verbatim lifted from the story. Yes, um, and it makes sense in the story. Yeah, because you can because you read can read it. it. <laughs> but if not, and they're like talking about Mozart, and I'm like, "Why are they talking about Mozart? Have I missed something?" And What's the reason they're talking about Mozart is because oh. she's listening to Goodman, who is apparently another musician. She's got sure. the music player it's on. Playing a bit of jazz, I think. Yeah, so and. Jazz. and and then, and then something to do with that music He's leads like, them on to talking about Mozart. Basically, she's like, do you like this guy? Do you, how do you rate X musician? She goes, I don't. He's like, I love Mozart. For my, for my ranking, there's no one better musically than Mozart. Hot take. Hot take Woo! from the guy in the corner. Um, I will Amadeus say... Amadeus Mozart, best musician of all About time. this man, I want to paint a picture for our audience. Now, I can immediately paint a picture for anyone who has played the video game L.A. Noire. Yeah, yeah. Because this man... Looks exactly fucking like Cole Phelps from L.A. Noir, but you know 
He's got his he's got his uh, trilby, or maybe it's a fedora, but you know that kind of forties detective hat. It's slightly tilted. It matches his three-piece suit, yeah. all grey, yeah. everything grey, top to bottom. And he's talking like this. He's mumbling. He's mumbling. And he's, he's, he's I think he's supposed to be a smooth talker, but oh, I I would call him a rumbly talker at best. Um, this conversation has no content. Um, it is not relevant to the plot at all. It is just man meets it this woman. It is yeah. It establishes the fact that Eve, uh, Eve, Eve Cressy is is in the hotel. And then she does it. In the, it, it comes. And then she story. can't sleep. She can't sleep. Um, She's it, been there for as we get from um, about a week. the uh, yes, yeah, been there for like five days or so that we learn from uh, the concierge played by um, uh, Peter Scolari, uh, our, our good old friend. Uh, so Tony leaves and he's told that there's someone outside waiting for him. And Al, gun to my head, if you could tell, if I could, if you forced me to tell you what the relationship between. Al, the man he meets outside, and Tony is. Fucking shoot me. I have no clue. They know each other somehow. I have no fucking clue how, but whatever. So Al is a gangster. You can tell he's a gangster because he talks with his shoulders and his neck. He is such a fucking character. Yeah. He's like, hey, yo, hey, you want to talk about oh, yeah, how's, your, how's your job doing, Tony? I know I, you want a new job. Well, I'm here. You got a bit of a broad in there. And, oh, I wish this was a video podcast because, yeah. oh, it's all oh, shoulder, oh, all neck. It's Jamie's oh, drama school oh, training oh, is fucking popping off. Yeah. Just, oh, shoulder move, neck move. Oh, it's awful. He also is wearing a... Trilby and a grey yeah. three-piece suit, it's all matching. He's got a little pencil moustache. Um, got a little pencil moustache. Do you relationship? I believe it's brother, brother, and I think that I own... The only reason I know that is because I read the story, and they one time he calls him brother, yeah. once, literally once, In, and if I didn't know that these sure. characters were white, like I would have been like, oh, he's just calling him a brother. Sure. Like, I have no clue. That's a That could have been a thing. Sure. Fuck sure. you. Why, why not? Um, I will say the they do have this bit where he's like before he leaves in the TV show. I got it. Maybe you know, like you said, you're watching it four times. So you fell asleep a lot. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to watch the show or anything. I but yeah. I watched it four times, Alexander. But he did say something. He goes something along the lines of like, "Tell mom, my, how's mom oh, doing? How's yeah. mom doing? Uh, she's doing fine. Uh, like, why don't you go see her and find out yourself? But yeah, Just tell her I say hi. The idea is these. You know, they're, they're, they're star-crossed brothers. Uh, <laughs> um, one's gone to a life of crime, one's yeah. gone to be a, a policeman. But the important plot point is Al warns him, hey, you got this broad in here, hey. get her out. Hey, there's, where's the salami? There's basically two, two plot points here. Eve Cresty. I, yeah, I don't know where it's come from. You've, you've gone, you're you've sticking sandwich. Ha- it's come sticking from my sandwich. Sticking with this salami. Yeah. Um, sticking with salami. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, Anyway, there's two plot points here. Eve Cresty, the woman we met earlier, she is waiting for her husband. Her husband, sure, who went to jail for three years for manslaughter. For manslaughter, he went to jail because he hit someone with his car. Yep. While Eve was in the car, and Eve said, "You've got to turn yourself in, or I'm going to do it for you." Yep. And he laughed it off, and then she did it. Now, Alexander, yeah. for the life of me, I cannot figure out why this woman turned her own husband in. Because and he wha- killed someone! No, 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 no. And then why she is waiting for him three years later. Because she regrets it. Okay. Not clear, but okay. The other plot point, and this is so convoluted and confusing, yeah. is that said man who was in jail for three years for manslaughter Rose. is coming back to her... To kill her. Yeah, she doesn't know this. She doesn't know this. He's she's, he's coming back to her to kill her. First point. Second, so Al is saying, get her out of there. Not Al, me, Al person on the TV Yes, show. Al person on the TV show. <laughs> yeah, no, you weren't in this show. Well done, Al. Thanks for the clarification. I wasn't born yet, unlike some people. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> um... And so Al is like, look, I'm just coming to you as my brother. Like, you got you got a brother in here. She's going to get but killed. But not like get get my brother. Not my brother. No. My, 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 my biological brother. brother. Yeah. Um, um, oh, fuck's sake. Um, so he's, he's like, get the guy, get her out of the hotel. Get her out of there. And then, then he's like, but what, is, what does it have to do? Why do you care? Well, 
The Trouble Boys want this man. I believe his name is Ross. If it's not, I'm going to call him Ross for the rest of the show. I think in the, the story is called Ross. I think in the TV show, he's just called Trouble Boy. No, 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 no. Trouble Boys are the Trouble Boys. I think the dude who's committed the manslaughter yeah, yeah, is called Ross. Called, yeah, yeah, um, if it's not, I'm calling him Ross anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the Trouble Boys want Ross mm-hmm. because Ross and Al... I believe it's Al. I don't think it's Al. In the book, it isn't. In the TV show, we will come back to this. Ross and another man. Sure. Might be Al, might be someone else, ran a hustle on the Trouble Boys. The Trouble Boys were a crime syndicate who were running a casino, I believe. Again, this is so unclear, partially because it doesn't make that much sense, and partially because it's very difficult to understand these men talking. The Trouble Boys are running a casino, and the Trouble Boys get swindled out of 50 grand by Ross and Al, or maybe not Al, or maybe another man. Sure. So this other party returns his 25 grand and Ross doesn't. So the Trouble Boys have been hunting him down, wanted him when he gets out of um, prison to kill him. Yeah. So that's why Al is involved and that's as well as warning his brother. Sure. Jesus Christ. That's like a two minute scene yeah, and it's yeah. so and difficult to explain and again especially when they're going hi I'm talking about you're going to get out there because the other one's going to kill you and then maybe we'll like we'll eat your face but we don't have to eat your face maybe we're just like I don't know we're just going to maybe, maybe we're cannibals maybe we're crying instead of cannibals and we're just going to eat people or whatever. you know one time when I was six okay, stop. one time when I was six, I, was <laughs> Please I, I, stop. Cried, I cried because a clown died right in front of me that's right I was watching out by and the clown died right in front of me and fell on the floor anyway bye um, how's mom? Um, that's basically <laughs> it uh, but Sorry. I don't think it is I think the relationship is Al's obviously his brother. Al is a criminal himself. Al is working for the Trouble Brothers, and he's giving his brother a heads up. Okay. And the Trouble Brothers are coming I will to explain when we get to the last scene so, why I think it's sure. Al. Sure. Um, so, uh, what's his face goes back in. Yeah. Uh, and he says, Is there anyone. Uh, you've, Tony goes back in. I'm gonna, I'm intent. For some reason, of all the fucking things we've watched, this is the one where I remember all their names. Maybe it's because I read the story as well. It helps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony goes back and he goes to the concierge and, like, hey, someone come in. How, how the, why the fuck do I not know? And he's ah, sorry, you must have been out. So he pulls out his book again. Anyone who's played L.A. Noir, this Cole Phelps uh, aesthetic is identical. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, he's in, in this room. And he's like, cool, whatever. Goes up to his room. He uh, listens in to uh, Eve's room. Can't hear anything. Yeah. But we, we see the audience as, as uh, you know, an, um, an omniscient audience mm-hmm. see that she's just in there chilling. He goes next door to yeah. the room. He buzzes. Now, firstly, I have not seen ever a hotel that has buzzers. Have you ever seen a hotel that has buzzers? Like a motel, maybe. Have you ever been in a motel? Alexander, you are a... Very privileged man. Have you ever stayed in a motel? Yeah. When did you stay in a motel? Motel's just like a motorway hotel. Like, a, like yeah, I've seen a motel a few times. Ah. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to build up your street cred, I see. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I walked up to a man, I punched Look, him in the face you, and went, give me the keys, you've damn been, it. You've been compared to Boris Johnson, Johnson this episode, and so you're really trying to bring yourself up. down. Yeah, I've been to a motel. Motel's uh, just like motorway hotels. Yeah, I... Yeah, I do know what the portmanteau means. Tell Jamie. Yes, I understand. Check your privilege. What portmanteau means. Jamie, uh, I may have been compared to Boris Johnson, but you know, you have compared yourself to Nigel Farage by association. So no way. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, um, so he buzzes. The guy on the inside goes, "What?" Doesn't say anything. Sure. He buzzes again. The man goes, "Who is it?" He again doesn't do anything, and then he pulls out his master key and just goes in the room. I've no clue why he buzzed. Uh, maybe to check there was someone in there. Whatever. He goes in. Man has a gun on him. Again, let's. We can't explain this scene. The thing I would like to say is, uh, I just to pause quickly. Uh, this show is shot terribly. It's so, like aggressively. Like every time someone finishes speaking, quick cut back to the uh, other person. Like there's no very few reaction shots. It's just person speaks. Shot back on the other person, they speak. Um, and this conversation is is much similar. Uh, but we do get one very, very... Cool in- you say cool, I say interesting in a very uh, demeaning tone, uh, which is from beneath the glass table where we can see the gun between the two men. Uh, but yeah, they have a little conversation. And, uh, and Tony goes, look, I was told to get Eve out of here. I know you're looking for Eve, but... Uh, 
I'm going to get, I want you to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, no. And he's like, well, the trouble boys are coming for you. And now he's like, fuck. It's so bad. Why is it called the, the, the trouble, trouble boys? It's so bad. Are they, is their surname trouble? Is it Tom trouble? Uh, is it Tom trouble? It's probably Tom trouble. Um, so he's like, look, the actual truth of the matter is I never got that 25 grand. My partner, he swindled me out of it. He took the 50, returned his 25, and then he said that I would never return my 25. So now I'm on the hook for 25 grand that I never even had in the first place. Also, I want to kill Eve. And he's like, no, you can't kill Eve. Kill Eve. Also, leave. Uh, go through the service elevator. Uh, that's it. That's the end. I mean, yeah. that's the end of that scene. He leaves. He watches him go down the service elevator. He goes, checks on Eve. Eve's all good. But he goes downstairs. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy out front, he's like, it, it, it's the busboy, I think, instead of the, sure, the clerk, sure. yeah. uh, the, the, the concierge. He goes, hey, someone here waiting for you. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, just give, give him a minute. He's like, no, he wants to see you. And oh boy, if it isn't our baby Tom Hanks. Oh. But I call him a baby. He doesn't look like a baby, Alexander. Oh, he looks like a man. Because he has a goatee. If anyone has ever watched uh, the TV show Community, he looks like an evil timeline version of Tom Hanks. It is the darkest goatee. timeline. It is the darkest timeline. timeline. Um, it's a bad goatee. It doesn't suit him. Uh, but he's just like, hey, you're going to come with us. So he gets in the car. And he's like, hey, we, we thought you might... Uh, might go and get the guy out instead of the girl. So we uh, we caught your guy. Oh, I forgot. We we forgot. We saw a scene where um, uh, Ross he's driving and then he he stop. He gets stopped by a car and Al pulls up and he shoots him. We we well we cut away. We see some. We hear some gunshots uh, with the Trouble Boys. Trouble Boys back in the car with uh, with Tony. God, I'm getting. I, confused, yeah. No, I'm getting so bored. Bless our audience. Yeah, Bless our audience listening to this. Yeah, yeah. I've, look, but you know I, what? Should I run through the end? I basically... Yeah, you can run through the end. What I will say, audience, is at least you didn't have to fucking watch it. Don't watch it. Um, right. Basically, as far as I can remember, and let me tell you, I can't really remember because at this point we start changing from the book. Uh, the short story it makes a lot more sense than this makes sense. Uh, so, effectively, what happens? They're in the car. Uh, darkest timeline. Tom Hanks is like, um, we've killed everyone. He's yeah, killed yeah. people. I think he's yeah. killed Al. So, yeah, he's killed Al Slit his throat. and uh, and uh, Ross. Ross. So this point is where I feel like um, Al is his partner because sure. he says like, oh, we knew Al return like had the twenty five grand. Yeah. We just wanted to get them both together to see who would blink first. So that's why I think yeah. Al was the partner. So the reason- and so he see who would blink first, and then he goes, nobody's blinking now. <laughs> I think, because in definitely in the short story, the relationship is definitely that Al works for them, and he gets hit in the story because he gives his brother a heads up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's still the reason why. I think because he's a rat, they killed him. Um, other way, it doesn't really make too much difference. Um, Tom Hanks offers to pay off, uh, to, to, to pay off our dick. Uh, Dick's like, nah, I'm okay for the money. He offers it to the corpse of his brother. Obviously, the corpse of his brother doesn't take it. He's a corpse. Uh, so he goes, get the fuck out. Uh, the brother goes, sure. Tom Hanks looks away. What an idiot! Tom Hanks looks away. Dick goes into the guy's jacket, pulls out a gun, and gangland style shoots in the back of the head the driver and Tom Hanks. I uh, know, in the front of the head. We get a we get a shot of a full on bullet hole in Tom Hanks' head. It's great fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, so shoots like five times, but no, that is basically the end. But he comes back in, um, and and the bus boy goes, "Is everything okay?" I heard something. I'm like, dude, you heard five gunshots. And there's um, a car just sat there with a bullet hole yeah. in people's heads. Mm. Just because you're a hotel dick doesn't mean yeah. you can go around um, willy-nilly murdering people. And then Tony uh, comes back in and goes um, and sits down with Eve, who's returned to the radio room. And she's like, hey, maybe, maybe if you're here, I can finally sleep. Um, she goes to sleep. He checks his watch. It's now like quarter to three. 
I don't get the symbolism. He checks his watch at the beginning. He checks his watch at the end. We oh, see that an hour and 45 minutes has passed. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then we get the that's only it. interesting shot of this, which is like a zoom out of them sat in the, the sure. radio room. Okay. That's the end. That's let's the talk end. about this episode. So obviously... Do we uh, fucking have to? We're giving him ratings. Um, for listeners who haven't listened to our previous Total episode, Tales from the Crypt, um, when Tom Hanks is directing something... No, we're not uh, giving. No, I'm still. Ra- I'm we- still giving. Well, we can happily rate his direction, but we're still giving him a dick meter. No, 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 no. Yeah, you know, of course we're still giving him a dick meter. Of, of course, there's a hotel dick here, Jamie. How wouldn't we rate <laughs> the dick? But we will also rate the um, the directorial thing as additional thing on the end. Right? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, we've got our now five categories. Uh, we've got the show, show out of five. Tom Hanks' performance, performance out of five. Tom Hanks' directorial performance out of five. Tom Hanks' dick meter, which is the unified theories of Hanks that uh, Alexander believes he has created, which is that Tom Hanks plays dicks. Sure. Um, and then we will create de- that so much as I've uh, defined it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we will decide whether it goes on our Hanks banks. So, sure. Alexander, some final thoughts and what, you, what you're going to give this show uh, out of five. Yeah, out of five, two, it's not offensive, but barely understandable. Yeah, really quick. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, I I think I have to give this a one. I uh, I fucking hated this. This is so bad. Please, n- no one ever watch this. If anyone is listening to this, I know we'll own, we'll be only recommending to arguably a handful of people to never watch this, who are probably never going to watch it anyway. But dear God, never watch this and tell everyone you ever meet not to watch episode two of season one of Fallen Angels. It's just fucking awful the acting is terrible the direction we'll get onto but the story barely makes sense oh i've just 30 fucking minutes was far too long i'm so angry one out of five tom hanks's performance out of five well, I mean, it is Darkest Timeline Tom Hanks. Uh, he doesn't really... I'm going to say three because yeah. it's, it's just... It's functional. He, he's a bad guy. It's kind of funny to see Tom Hanks in a goatee. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, yeah, I'll give it three. It's, sure. He's fine. It's, he's whatever. I, yeah. Um, his direction. I mean, again, everyone's mumbling. Um, yeah. So, again, two. Like, I, I can't... I'm not going to overrate it or underrate it compared to the show. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it one again. I, I think it's just, it's badly shot. Like the, it's the editing itself is so jarring. Oh, Tom, do better. I'm so looking for, for it. You know what? You know week. what? It is, says a lot about this TV show. Then I'm excited to watch a film about AIDS. Like <laughs> that, like that is going to be a relief. After the wow. fucking abhorrent mess this was. Yeah. I don't think... Okay, so I'm... I, here's the thing. I think it's like the burbs where you didn't really care that much about it. And I was like, this is just painful. Um, whereas I'm like, this is so... Because it's because it's only 30 minutes and it's not an actual film, it is just a bit meh. No. Um, I hated this. Um, Tom Hanks dick me then. I mean... Ooh, oh. He murders some people. He does like, murder he does some people. He doesn't torture dogs uh, or torture people with dogs. So four. You're giving him a... Oh my... God! Torture's worse than murder. Well, that's bad, bad. Tom Hanks murders two people in this film and you give him a four. You gave him a six in Bonfire of the Vanities and Love Boat where his only crime is just being a bit fucking posh. And does the sound like murder? Yeah, it's really bad. You know. Whoa, 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 whoa! I guess in Dwayne Brown's Vanities, he doesn't hit. Man. He doesn't murder him. He just hits him with his car, and he does true. not die. He gets in a coma. That's true. That's true. Apologies. And but Love Boat, he's just a bit posh, and you gave him a six. And this, he murders no, two whoa, whoa, people. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Love Boat, he d- does try and vaguely force himself on a lady. Like he, in the episode, he's very much trying to get into her hotel room when she has consistently told him no. All right, all right. This. And that's meant to be a rom-com show. It murders two people, Alexander. It's sure. a five. It's um, it's the year 1940s, right? It's a lawless time in America. <laughs> it's post-war. Segregation is still going on, and I don't like it. So you know what? You want to go around and cause anarchy in 1940s America? Go ahead. Cause anarchy in 1940s America. Uh, is this going in your Hanks bank? No. No, of course it fucking isn't going in my Hanks bank. Yeah. Oh, it's just so depressing in the middle of like 
we're like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks about to get to his good films, and just this absolute fucking clunker. Yeah. But of course, when we don't put things in Hanks Bank, we do have to decide what's going to save humanity this week. The aliens are going to come to us. They're going to like, hey, what you got for us? And we're like, oh, well, we can't show Tom Hanks. We've got to find yeah. something else. So as always, Alexander, you go first because I haven't thought. So I'm sure, going to need to sure. come up with something. I, uh, you know, admit, one of the defining things in my personality, if you probably asked my family, is that I have a very hardcore list of the top sandwiches I've ever had in my life. The uh, top what? The top sandwiches I've ever had in uh, my life. I heard slanguages. Oh, slanguages. Which is like, really cool. like a slang language. Yeah. Slanguages sounds cool. No, uh, top sandwich I've ever had in my life. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to give you guys, uh, just for the, the knowing, uh, the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. It made me cry. Uh, <laughs> it's it, right next to the big park in Boston. I think I've heard this Just story. around the corner. And it was a meatball sub, but with like a, like a nice chipotle sauce on there. And um, I was really hungry, and I sat down and I ate the sub, and it it was like eating manna from heaven. As you know, the Israelites, as the Hebrews uh, walking through the desert in the Bible, probably experienced the same level of wonder and rapture at the quality of the food, at the amazing taste of it. The, the, you know, little drops of heaven from the sky. Uh, I and I cried. I, I I genuinely cried. It was so good. It was the best sandwich I've had in my life. And the aliens want to sit down, pop open a beer, and have one of these meatball subs with me. We're going to solve the entire problems of the United States of space. So before I give uh, what's going to save humanity this week, I would like to say, um, so uh, you mentioned the word Chipotle uh, there, uh, which is the correct pronunciation, of course. But uh, I worked in a fish and chip van uh, briefly, not briefly, for about a year and a half, um, as uh, is, I think I may have mentioned on this, uh, but we did sell uh, Chipotle mayo, which is like a spicy mayo, and oh, baby, would I die a little bit inside every time someone came up and said, can I have some Chipotle mayo? Oh, it's it's painful. But what's going to save humanity this week? Louis Capaldi is what I'm going with. So, Alexander, as you you know, but our audience may not, um, I'm I'm a fan of Louis Capaldi. Mm -hmm. I like him. Mm -hmm. Um... And for the second time in my life this year, when I vaguely mentioned that I liked a, uh, you know, strong-voiced male singer, I received a cardboard cutout of said person. Three years ago, it was Michael Bublé from My Brother. This year, yep, yep. it was Louis Capaldi from our dear friend, uh, Nishant Raj. Uh, and I recently set up Louis in my house. He is wedged in a shelf between the roof and the shelf. He can't fit there. There's no way where it realistically makes sense that he fits. But he is wedged in there. And I'll tell you what, I've never had more fun in my life today than when I was blasting someone, someone, yeah, uh, someone you loved by Lewis Capaldi, looking at the cardboard cutout, just shoved in the corner of my room. And you know what? The boy can sing. And you know what? Actually, I'm adjusting it. I'm, I'm not saying Lewis Capaldi is going to save save humanity this week. I'm going to say my dear friends that put up with me dancing to Lewis Capaldi with a small cardboard cutout of him in the corner, as my flatmates did. They're going to save humanity this week. Hannah Raymond Cox and Miles Peter Hurley. You are what I'm going. To, unfortunately for you, <laughs> lovely people, I'm going to present you to the aliens this Aww. week and just say have them. <laughs> As to satiate their thirst for entertainment. Until next week, fingers crossed, with Philadelphia. Of course, as always, you can follow us at HangsBankPod and at Jamie P. Loxon and at uh, Owls underscore CSUN sort of stuff. If you'd like to send us in a French fort before next week, if you've seen Philadelphia, if you know anything about the city of Philadelphia, if you know anything about Denzel Washington or Tom Hanks, or really if you just want to say hi, Send us in a message. If you listen to this show, you are our friend. And if you send us a a message, that is a friend's fault. It is our favourite segment of the show. So please do uh, send us in. Tweet about us. Tell your friends about us. I'll do what you always do. If you have been forced to face man's inhumanity to man today, that started out Russian. You know that started out Russian, you fuck. You are trying to deal with the changing times in an inhumane world. 
because crime is rampant in our dear city. Listeners, here is what you do. You take action in your lives. You take people's phones. You download every single episode of this dear podcast on their phone. Delete all their other apps so there's enough space <laughs> to have all of these podcasts on their phones, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. And when you do so, you will begin to take back our city from the crime, from the madness, from the man. That's right, the man, Boris Johnson. Yes, hello. And uh, oh, fuck's sake. All I would like to say is uh, everything's fine. And uh, you know, I do like chicken, 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 chicken. So for me, Jamie, and my chicken co-host Al, that's one more ep in the bank. <laughs>